You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. And this week I have with me uh, Oliver Breedenbach of Boinks. Hello, Oliver. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me on the show. No, it's no problem. And I am joined to uh, add to the chaos by Guy Searle <laughs> of the MyMac Show. Hello, Guy. Yeah, yeah. Chaos and me, we're like, we, we go like hand in hand. <laughs> Peas in a pod. Peas in a pod. Right. Well, um, first of all, of course, uh, Oliver is here and Oliver is from Boinks. So uh, welcome, Oliver. And uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you is more about the developer than your product per se, but we'll talk about your product in a little bit. Um, Mojave, is that yeah. um, is that an exciting, uh, you know, new spread of opportunities for, for Boinks, or is it mostly uh, a pain in the backside because it involves <laughs> reworking half your software? Um, actually, um, looking at new uh, software releases, for us, the most essential question is always, uh, does our software uh, continue to work? And of course, we immediately downloaded Mojave and uh, installed all our stuff. And it seems like uh, we are good. Um, there may be, you know, the, the occasional, occasional uh, flukes, but um, generally everything works. And uh, so uh, that is, you know, the, the pain in the ass doesn't seem to be too big. Um, Apple also... Well, it, depends on the size, it depends on the size of the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who the ass is. <laughs> yeah, so Apple backpedaled a little bit on the 64-bit issue. Um, last year, um, they, uh, I mean, if you, if you launched some of our apps, uh, there's this dialogue that says, you know, uh, the developer has to update the app so that it continues to work. Um, and it still will continue to work in Mojave because they don't, I mean, the, the apps still run um, uh, and um, the uh, final, final, final um, deadline is now apparently uh, sometime next year, uh, probably, I guess, uh, when they release the successor to Mojave. So um, until then, um, we, we are a little bit more relaxed than we were before the World Wide Web keynote. Well, um, one thing one thing that's really good, uh, like Mimo Live, for example, is is pretty much already set for dark mode because that's the kind of the way you guys developed it. Yeah. Um, well, that's one of the things um, where I mean we're doing the, the dark mode ourselves. So. Um, what we have to do is we have to uh, look at the dark mode and then remove a lot of code um, uh, so that uh, the dark mode works as Apple intends it to work. Um, <laughs> so, so um, but, you know, that is not so big of an issue because, um, you know, throwing away code is much easier than writing new one. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm uh, sure so... <laughs> take, stripping, stripping out stuff you don't want is a lot easier than yeah. having to write a load yeah. of new stuff. <laughs> 
And also, and also in this case, it gives us um, uh, noticeable be benefits, right? So uh, using, instead of doing all it yourself, uh, using the uh, uh, operating system provided APIs to do something is always, um, you know, Easier. making you making your code less um, prone to contain errors and, and it makes the application uh, a little lighter. Um, so um, although MimoLife is already incredible small for what it does. Um, and um, and so so I think we, we are good on the pain in the ass side. Um, on the opportunity <laughs> side, I must say the most interesting thing Apple announced at the World Wide Developers Conference was that they now do uh, provide a tool for developers to actually create the models for their machine learning stuff. And uh, that is something we we want to take a look at and um, see if we can if we can add value to uh, our products using the uh, machine learning uh, 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 components of metal and uh, do something like maybe you know um, green screen uh, uh, with um, without any need to configure it or something so that would be that would be an interesting thing to look at, and uh, that's that's certainly a, a cool opportunity. Um, oh yeah, for, that's, that's, for not, that's something I'd not really thought about because obviously machine learning is used very much as Alex from Skylum was talking about last week. You know, they're using machine learning to uh, to learn how to uh, you know enhance photographs with with no human interaction. So their photo mm -hmm. uh, their photo Lima, you can just take a photograph and drop it in photo Lima, and it will analyze I, yeah. I think he said something like 60 different data points in the photograph and then enhance it um yeah. rather than just running a simple filter it will treat the sky different to the shadows and you know so on mm -hmm. and so forth mm -hmm. um but of course taking that sort of machine learning you're right i would have thought machine learning would be very uh, good at being able to pick up a green screen and say well this is green screen and we can take it out and make life Hopefully. Well, um, you know, you, you you can see how that works with the iPhone camera, and um, you know, several, um, you know, Google I think has introduced something that works a little bit like what what we think. Um, you know, we have to see. We we didn't uh, we didn't uh, dive in enough yet to be able to say if we can if 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 the tools are good. You know giving us this uh, opportunity but you know so um up until you know the latest version of xcode the, uh, the the machine learning component was there so you could um do um um you could run um uh you know trained um uh, neural networks but um you, you had to figure out the training part yourself and we hope that um apple is going to um the the tools we we as i said we haven't you know taken no. a very close look yet well, let's but it's um, only, let's at, at least they've been... started doing tools for developers and looking at apple's tools usually means that means that it's it's going to be much more accessible for many uh developers i mean if you if you are uh in artificial intelligence um uh, and and you um you are uh, you have a master's in artificial intelligence and you were able to do that before um those tools showed up but uh, now with those tools i hope that uh, it it will be accessible for more developers um that are not you know experts yeah, you don't in have to be. Uh, machine learning i mean that's that's one of the things that apple seem to have been pushing towards isn't it uh, over the last few releases 
you know, like with, yeah. like with AR kit, you know, we, everybody knows about AR, but there were only a few people who could, you know, really understand how to do it properly. But with the yeah. AR kit, what they're doing is saying, you don't have to be a master of 3D um, AR technology in order to incorporate it into your app. We will give you the tools. Um, and yeah, that, that is absolutely exciting, of course, because and, that and opens same, up. And they're doing the same yeah. sort of thing with metal and... Um, mm. As I understand it, as a non-developer, that they're they're offering up the same kind of technologies, but in machine learning, saying you don't have to be a machine learning expert. We will do the groundwork and give you the the tools to um, incorporate yeah. machine learning into your app without having to be an expert in, in artificial intelligence. Which is, you know, from a developer's point of view, I'm sure that's that's very good. Yep, exactly. That's good. So, um, and I I guess uh, as you say, I'm, I'm not going to try and put words in your mouth, Oliver, but it. I'm sure you know. Maybe there are opportunities for some of your other apps, things like um, you know the photo wall and. Uh, well, um, you know, let's let's not get uh, let's not get ahead, ahead of, of ourselves. ourselves. No, no. But uh, I'm just uh, saying, you know. Well, no, it's just uh, as I said, it's just uh, important to, for us that um, there's no dead end for any of our apps. Um, yep, yep. That everything keeps and, working. Uh, because, um... Everything keeps working, and uh, there are a couple of things that are going away um, over the next couple of years. But uh, and and we we have to work on replacements for that. But uh, it's not like very immediate, and and uh, we don't have to panic. <laughs> that's no, like, no, no, that's, that's time to work thing. on it. Yeah, that's always yes. that's always yeah. good. I mean, I know. Um... Uh, and also the things that are, that are going away, uh, there's already mature uh, replacements available. Sometimes in the past, it wasn't always the case. So Apple, to, you know, when Apple first talked about taking away QuickTime and replacing it with uh, Core um, Core Video, um, a lot of functionality in QuickTime right, couldn't and, and be Core replicated. Audio. Yeah, and and a lot of functionality of QuickTime couldn't be replicated with the new technology because there wasn't just you know they just didn't have the you know uh, the features ready. And so over the years now they've they've um, um, they've uh, they've they've added all the stuff we need basically. So it's not it's not as if it is, it's not not impossible to replace quicktime um and um so yeah and and we, as i said we have one more year uh to do that uh, and um you know most of our apps are not affected by that anyways so for example memo life for the magical they we've replaced quicktime in them a long time ago but um you know um we we have uh, i stop motion for example is something we have to completely rewrite um to uh uh because quicktime is going away right. um and yeah and but it will will run another year so well, yeah, <laughs> have so some you've got some time to, right. and it'll it'll to... still run it'll still run on older systems as well yeah sure that i mean you know if you don't change the system it will still right. run uh, of course uh, but uh, you know apple users are updating quite early and a lot of them update you know <laughs> and often so so we 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 already get emails from people saying you know um you know this this or that isn't working mojave so <laughs> when are you gonna fix it <laughs> like okay let's wait until the admit, final uh, i must admit <laughs> you know i'm normally one of the first jump in this year um i i did download mojave but unfortunately um a lot of a lot of um, rogue media stuff doesn't work. 
in Mojave. Um, they, okay. oh, wait, really? I hadn't heard this. Yeah, don't don't go to Mojave because the rogue amoeba stuff is not ready. It uses, okay, I, it, I was actually thinking about putting it on the laptop that I'm taking to no, Deckstock, and I won't be doing that don't, now. Don't do that, okay. Guy, okay. because I downloaded Mojave, uh, you know, beta, the public beta one, installed it. It was lovely. It worked. It looked nice. Um, and then I tried to open a rogue amoeba and got the. the you know, this doesn't work properly because, um, I don't know, something, the ACE audio uh, component doesn't work. So, no, don't do that. Don't do that, guy. But, uh, okay. but, but I think I think that is probably just a bug in Mojave. Uh, I can't, I, I don't think that there are changes in Mojave that would generally prevent the, their stuff from working. Well, I, I, I mean, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know that. I've, uh, no, well, I, Rogue Amoeba have got um, a status page. Mm-hmm. At the moment. Ah, okay. So Saying, yeah, so so they 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 are t- telling you that you shouldn't do it, right? Yeah, they're basically. Oh, okay. If you go okay. to their status page, it will say like loop back won't um you know works partially. Don't use it on Mojave. Uh, they've got a page. All the a couple of their products are, are rated as should work, but several of the others are like don't won't run properly on Mojave until update. Oh, okay. Okay. Obviously, you know, and it's a beta. They they're working no doubt towards being ready for September October yeah, sure, time. Sure. So yeah. you know, I'm not I'm not knocking them. I'm simply saying, don't. <laughs> I, oh, okay. can't, I can't run Mojave. I'm not. You know, this is not. They're, they're good friends of mine. So yeah, I mean, you know, we've had <laughs> Paul careful, on. No, no, we've had Paul on, and I shall have Paul on again, yeah, yeah. probably um, nearer the time when when he's you know it's fixed. This is That's not a criticism. Yes. No, you know, no, okay. they're not saying. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually I actually could not could not record without audio hijack and loopback. No. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't. I, don't, so, I mean, yeah. we're all we're all you know it's all. Uh, yeah, we, we've all, we've all eaten we've all eaten the uh, uh, what's how's that term go the um, <laughs> I don't know magic apples whatever <laughs> yeah yeah drank yeah. the Kool Aid whatever yeah yeah we all very much drank that Kool Aid well you know there aren't uh, there really aren't any any things to compare are there for uh, certainly not no well I mean well for loopback you could you can use Soundflower but the problem with Soundflower number one it hasn't been updated in like <clears throat> this millennial. And the other problem with it is you can't assign outputs from software no. to and, Soundflower. That's hard. That's hardware only. It's long, long, long dead. Really, Soundflower loop loopback is the replacement for Soundflower. The yeah. Only, the only other thing I know that can do it sensibly, is, well, not sensibly. The only other thing I know that can do it is Jack. And I can assure you, Jack is horrible. Yeah, yeah, you really, really don't want to use Jack if you can if you can avoid it. Not because, you know, I mean, I have looked at it, and I'm sure that once you have it configured properly, that it's just fantastic. However, it's going from, let me install this app to, wow, that's working great. It's that part in between those two right there. <laughs> that's the issue. So, yeah. Yeah. So- Apparently, I don't know Jack. No, um, I'm so no, I'm certainly not knocking rogue rogue amoeba. I'm, there's no reason why you know production um software should be you know guaranteed to work yeah, on, on a yeah. beta. Um, just no, that, that's that's I, I, I totally agree with this. Um, and I mean you know that's exactly what I, I was I was saying. It's like it, you know some customers expect us. Um, you know the software well, to like, run how can, yeah, already. How can, how can it run on a beta if it's only you haven't had chance yeah. to look at it? That's the whole point. Of so the also in, in many in many in many cases, Apple will fix the stuff before it ships, and then you know yeah. it magically works. I mean, we, so we, we, why should why should we update the software to work with something? 
that Apple's probably fixing later on anyway. Yeah, precisely. I mean, we're on we're on beta one. Um, it's just normally I jump yeah. in on the betas, but this time I installed it and Rogue Amiga was broken, at which point I had to immediately roll back because I cannot possibly um, podcast without the Rogue Amoeba mm. stuff. So there we go. Which, which is why people, if you're going to use beta software, make sure that you have a complete and bootable backup. Correct. There is there is no excuse. If if you don't have a bootable backup and you install beta software and it screws up your machine, don't complain to me about it because <laughs> it, the mistake oh, was yours. Sure. Precisely. Well, I actually um going slightly off topic, but I, I installed the Mojave beta, as I say, and it all it was all lovely and seemed to be working fine. Um, when is there I, is there already like a, a, how to install Mojave on a Parallels virtual machine or something? Is um, already I've, has I've, anybody done that? Oh, like through a VM? Well, no yeah. idea. I'm sure you probably could. Te- technically, I don't think Apple supposedly don't allow you to run the latest one. No, no, no. This, this issue. That, well, you know, honestly, already... what you could do is is just take an external drive, plug oh, that yeah, in via yeah. USB, yeah. and you know, try it that way. So that way, you know, just hold down the Option key at boot and select oh, yeah. the external drive. Anyway, what? After you know how, I... many, how often I boot my <laughs> reboot my computer? I think like never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I actually do mine every single time I'm getting ready. Not so much to be on a podcast like today, but if I'm getting ready to record, I will reboot. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's yeah. a good. That's probably a good strategy. Yeah. I only reboot if I get a kernel panic. Yeah. Right. But um, anyway, which is a major issue when you get a kernel panic. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you if you get it if you get it uh, like uh, during the podcast, then it's <laughs> yeah. That's 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 not good. No, that's, that's not definitely good. not good. So anyway, what I what I did was I decided I was going to have to roll back. Um, and I do have a clone, as guy knows. I keep a clone of my system, and I so I made a I made an up to date clone of my system before I put Mojave on. But um, I decided not to um restore my clone, but to do a clean install of High Sierra. Uh, because I'd got one or two bugs that had been hanging on through the betas of High Sierra, so I did a clean install of High Sierra. Um, and then imported my user account and my applications with the migration tool and that fixed a couple of things that have been bugging me for some time uh, particularly the, um, the the kernel extension thing i've had trouble with that for months where when something wants to add a kernel extension it says you need to approve this by going to the security settings and then when i go there they yeah go, and then, and then it, it disappears after like 30 minutes or something well, so yeah, if but you, in mine, there's no you, in mine there was never any button to press in the first place it would take you immediately oh, there, okay. and there would just be blank <laughs> no way to oh, uh, okay, okay. Which went away after cleaning yeah, stools. So that's, that's you know. Hey, that's that's screwed up. I mean, you know. I'm pretty sure that bug got introduced somewhere in the early High Sierra betas, and it never went away um, for me. So a clean install fixed that. So there we go. That's what you get for living on the bleeding edge, isn't it? You will play with. <laughs> so it. so one one thing that I am like quite baffled about is that I'm I'm uh, I I always install the developer betas, and so. Um, I get a new, I get an update every couple of weeks, probably, and um, every time um, after the uh, after the update, my keyboard is reset to US, and the uh, and the uh, if you go to the uh, settings, um, the German keyboard doesn't even isn't even added, so you have to <laughs> manually re-add the German keyboard, and 
throw away the US keyboard again. Oh, and that happens every time, every, every time, time after, every time, every time since I, I think, I think for the last five or six years, every time I install yeah, a new, that's because new that, update. That's the, because the, uh, the guys in the San Francisco is. forget that uh, betas go out all I, over I the world. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I guess but they just I, have I, the... I, uh... I think this is, so, this is so strange. This is so strange. Yeah, yeah. Every time, every time I have every to reset time. the keyboard. Wow. Anyway, uh, well, uh, so uh, Oliver, obviously, yeah. um, we you know we haven't talked much about Mimo. Mimo Live, of course, is your multiple in, multiple out. Um, well, TV studio in an app, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Which, which guy, um, which guy uses now to do his uh, thing? I must admit, I'm not a video man, um, and I'm not even really an audio man. Everything I know about audio, I've learned yeah. doing this podcast. Um, well, I was going to say just because just because I'm doing video doesn't mean I'm a video man. <laughs> well, no, but at least you so. But that's it. also exactly what we what we developed Nemo Life for is like we we developed it for people who don't have a broadcast degree. So um, it should be. Uh, I mean, you know, well, can can it do something about my face? That's that's what I'm. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah, 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 we can do. We can do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, there's actually a a, a filter uh, for anonymizing. Um, <laughs> well, I'm thinking, a... I'm thinking more along the lines of like a, a George Clooney filter. So if, <laughs> if you guys could could work on that, I'd appreciate it. Okay, okay, I I, t- I put that on the feature list. On the... <laughs> Wait, can we get get some machine learning on it, and then perhaps yes, you can yes, have like yeah. an an emoji George Clooney head on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. But I mean, that's that's not all you do, is it, Oliver? You do um, uh, Photo Magico, which is um, I know is very popular, as uh, particularly popular with um, photographers. Photographers, yes. Yeah, professional yes. photographers. Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's it's a slideshow app, so it's um, you can think of it um, like uh, um, PowerPoint for photographers. So the focus is unlike PowerPoint or Keynote, the focus is on as as good as possible. And so um, if you have a 4K projector, we use every pixel and render it live in real time. So that's not a, a small feat. Um, so all the transitions, all the pen and zooming and stuff like that all happens in real time with the best possible uh, quality. So that's the focus of uh, Photomagical, um, actually. Yeah, and we do have uh, we do have uh, I stop motion, of course, where we revolutionized creating stop motion movies on the computer, um, um, and um, we do have a couple of iPhone apps as well. Um, you know, um, I stop motion is already uh, is also available on uh, on on the iPad. Um, we do have an app called You Gotta See This. It's a, a artsy uh, sort of non panoramic, but uh, funny or uh, fun um photo app um uh, we've got uh, photo presenter um it's um it's a um if you if you want to do ad hoc uh, you know show your photos to um a crowd where you didn't have time to prepare um uh, and you want to you don't want the crowd to see your photo library so you can browse your photo library and then just click on a photo and then, then it will only show up on the on the screen and not not before that um so unlike uh if you connect your iPad or iPhone um iPhone to 
an Apple TV and just start browsing your photos. Everybody can see all your photos. <laughs> they can see all the ones uh, with the heads cut off. And, uh... Yeah, and that's uh, some some of them are probably not for public consumption. And <laughs> yeah. so, um, well, you know, yeah. Depend so that's, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, and then we have uh, for the Apple TV, we have the app that you mentioned earlier as the uh, PhotoWall Plus app. Um, um, that is for uh, if you if you're doing a party and you have an uh, Apple TV set up somewhere, people in the sh in the room can download the uh, the, the photo app, uh, the um, uh, photo wall plus co camera app, and um, then they can take pictures and send that over the local network to the Apple TV. And so it doesn't go out to the you know you don't upload it right, to it's just uh, instant. Right where it's you're there. Just instant, and 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 there's a slideshow going on in the uh, uh, on the Apple TV, and and your photo pops up there instantly, and it doesn't go out to the cloud, and you don't have to have internet connectivity and in your um in the venue where you run your party. Yeah, just and, access and, to the local yeah, network. Exactly, and so you can you can uh, create a photo wall, um, and that's that's a lot of fun to do, um. Yeah, that's uh, kind of. Did I did I forget any important uh, ones? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, oh, I think yeah. <laughs> I think you got. We've, we've got a we've we've got a ton of apps. Um, yep, out yep. There we do and, have quite. Um, uh, let me just yeah. oh, let me just bring it up. We've got meme. Yeah, Memo, iStop, Photo Magico, iStop Motion for um, iPad, iPad, Mouse Pose, which is uh, oh yeah, that's cool. that's that's uh, that is another interesting one. Uh, where um, you can do when you uh, when you um, when you do a uh, training, for example, for an application, you can use the mouse to highlight stuff with a with a, um, a spotlight around the mouse. So um, uh, people can follow uh, better, uh, you know, where you are and uh, right from farther away. Yeah. Yeah, it's good for um, it's good for like giving demonstrations and. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's the exactly. sort of thing. The sort of thing we sometimes use at Smug, actually, uh, which is the Suffolk Mac user group. So if somebody's given a demonstration, they can highlight the because yep. it, you know on the on the big projector, the mouse is not always super clear. And uh, the other one yeah, we've no. got is Party Snapper, which I, I guess is well. This is uh, this is sort of uh, the the Photo Wall Plus is a reboot of Party Snapper. So oh, I don't, right. you know, okay. Party Snapper is a an iPhone iPad uh, system which basically does the same as the Photo Wall app. Um, uh, it's it's more heavy white um, and uh, it's it's more complicated to set up because you have to have uh, an iPad connected to your screen and an iPhone. Right, and, so uh, you know, effectively, it's, it's being deprecated so, then, I guess. Yeah, it, it's exactly. Yes, exactly. So um, the Photo Wall Plus is uh, basically the successor to Party Snapper and. Uh, but we still uh, support Party Snapper for for people um, who don't have an Apple TV, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough, isn't it? Fair enough. Yeah. Um, perfect, perfectly reasonable. So yeah, that, so there you go. That's that's your super uh, super range of photo products. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, very good. And I know, um, as I say, uh, guys using Mimo Live. Um, yeah, that. can 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 I talk about that for just a second? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, How do you like I, it? I, I'm actually, the more I'm learning about it, the more I'm digging it. Uh, I have used more expensive programs in the past. Uh, I, I've used Wirecast. And the problem I had with Wirecast, besides the fact that it was just such a freaking resource hog, um, 
was that it wasn't always easy. I mean, you had tracks and those tracks you could set up with layers, but it wasn't that the user interface for Wirecast was just horrendous. I, I couldn't always figure out how to do certain things. And by the time I would figure figure it out, Wirecast used so many resources that my video would start to stutter, you know, and, and it was just like, eh, this isn't working. So then there was uh, another program that I tried called, uh, I think it's called Just Broadcaster. And uh, the guy that who writes that has various versions out for it uh, for different platforms. Uh, but it was the same kind of thing. It it wasn't bad, but it didn't handle audio really well. And so I found myself because typically, and and you know, Simon, you do you do a podcast. You know that as you have all these different programs going on, if if you're trying to monitor yourself, you're going to start getting latency. And latency is when the moment you say something to the moment you actually hear it is slightly delayed and as little as a quarter of a second. Oh, it's a, and it's you a wouldn't killer. think, it's yeah, you wouldn't think that a quarter of a second would be that big of a deal. But that quarter of a second is a difference between me speaking like this and me speaking like this because it's <laughs> coming in at a different time. So I, what I need to do is once I've determined that my audio is the way that I want it, then I need to be able to turn off my own audio so that I don't hear it. And that was something that just broadcaster couldn't do by itself. Whereas uh, Mimo Live has its own audio monitor built in. So as you bring in your various audio sources, you can mute them so that you can't hear them, but they're still going out to the general audience that you're, you're speaking with, which is, is brilliant. I mean, it's really, really nice the way they handle that. The other thing that they've done is there's like, not counting the output, there's like three different sections that, that you deal with. The first part is sources. So you take everything that you could possibly use in your live cast and they have uh, different things, audio and video and desktop capture. And, you know, I mean, just all these different things that you can put this content into. And even if you're not going to use it for a particular show, you can still have it there in case you want it for the next one so that you don't have to completely reset up your, your system every single time. And uh, speaking of that, if you do different live casts and have different setups, you can have multiple setups that you can call up from the moment you start the program, which is also very nice. But the next part is called the layer stack. And the layer stack, you take the the bits and pieces that you put into sources and then you put them in here and then you have a live button to turn them on and off. But what's kind of cool about this, and I didn't realize that until recently, is besides being able to add all these layers, you can kind of have layers within layers. So like, for example, uh, I, I take their annotations uh, layer and every single thing that I'm talking about, if there's like a, a link or if I want to say, okay, well, if you want to get a hold of, you know, Mr. Blah, 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 here's his email address and, and Twitter handle and all that. And it comes up as, you know, a, a little annotation at the bottom of the screen, a little graphic at the bottom of the screen. Well, I can have multiples of those within the same box because you're not typically going to have them overlaying on one another because you wouldn't see the ones that were underneath. But I can have, like, if I start talking about a, a link to an Apple product and I've got that link set up as an annotation, I click the live button and the link to that pops up on the screen. If I want to say, here's blah, blah, blah's email address, I hit the live button for that one and it pops up on the screen. But the thing that's cool 
is I don't have huge separate boxes for each annotation. Every single one of these annotations is within a single box. And each one of them can be set up differently depending on how you want to do it, which by itself is very, very cool. And you do the same thing with like uh, split screens. You can have a split screen so that like, you're on one side and say you're talking to somebody on Skype. And, and Oliver, you and I talked about this because I was, I was trying to figure it out and couldn't quite, didn't quite get it. But you, you can have uh, yourself on one side and somebody from Skype or uh, Wire or Discord or you know, whatever, whatever VoIP service you're using that has a video output and have them on the other side. And you do that, you know, your camera is obviously one input. The other input is a uh, window source or a screen capture that you're using to, to bring that in. And all of these things just kind of work together. You can have it set up so that you're, when you slide from one source to a different source, you've got a, like a, a three second little fade in fade out for each one of them. So it, it's not like just this jarring, well, here I am and then I'm gone away and here's this other thing. You know, it, it just kind of goes, okay, here I come and here I am. You know, and it, it's this slow kind of crawl up so that it's not just like blaring right in your face. And every single one of these layers, you have the third, the third part where you edit the layers that you've created in the layer stack. And there is like so many options. You can do almost anything, put it anywhere on the screen, make it bigger, make it smaller, change the text. It, it's really, it's, it's really, really great software. And the only thing I can think of that, that kind of compares to it in a much simpler way would be uh, Ecamm's live software, but compared to what Mimo, what Mimo does, what Mimo live does uh, it's it's not even close. Uh, Mimo Live is is yeah. If you're a single person running a live cast all by yourself, I know this is coming off really as a Mimo Live commercial. Um, if, if you're yeah, all good. by yourself doing all of this stuff, you know, and you don't have the luxury of having a producer, well, you set all this up yourself. You have very simple cuts that you can hit to have stuff pop up and pop off and do whatever it is that you want to do. And you can easily do all of this by yourself without having to have someone else there. Now I'm, I'm still in the, Oh wow. It does that kind of, you know, Oh, that was cool. Let me try this over here. Oh, back away, back away guy, back away. So I, I'm still working out all of the, I almost said bugs, but it's not that they're bugs. It's just the, the, the things that this program does is so powerful that if you don't understand how it works, then things can go terribly, terribly wrong as far as what shows up on the screen. Because again, these are all in layers. So well, if, you, can, you can make that much easier if you use the, uh, the remote control surface. Um, have you discovered that yet? No, I have not. Is that an external piece of hardware that plugs in? No, like that's not, no, no, no. no. That's a, it's a website that's built in and that allows you to, um, to um, create simple buttons for, um, you know, running your show. Say, you know, um, start my show <laughs> and then you, every, every, you know, all the, all the things, you, it turns on all the layers at the same time you want to turn on, you want turned on and stuff like that. And, so it's easier to control because you only have like uh, you have big buttons that say you know lower third for guy lower third for yeah guest, well lower third, big, you know. the bigger the buttons the better yeah <laughs> so and you can uh, put I'm that on you can put old, that on your iPad uh, you can you can put that on your iPad and and use the iPad to control Mimo Live um, really how does well yes. 
Okay, you know what? That, that's probably a whole different discussion. So if, <laughs> if you if you could send me a link to that, I would love yep. to try. Now, could, could I also, because I've got like two large monitors. So could I have like this set up on a separate part of my screen yeah, yeah, and sure, use it sure. there? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, please send me the info on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it would be a lot easier than than trying to because you know at the same time that I'm I'm doing all this stuff I'm trying to keep my eyes on the yeah you need to yeah, you know, yeah exactly and you want to and then you have to find the where and where, uh, you have to find in the layer stack where the layers you want to turn on and stuff right and the the remote control surface really makes that makes that much easier yeah well the one bit of advice I can give to people that are that's using this program is as you're setting up your layers. Your most important layers are the ones that are at the very top. If you have a layer that takes up the full screen, then anything underneath that, if you hit the live button, you're not going to see it. So, you know, something to keep in mind is you're setting up your layers. And it's taken me a little bit of practice, uh, but I've got a, well, I, we're not doing it now, but I've got my waving U.S. flag because we just had our <laughs> 4th of July. And I've got a still image that I use for just before we start the show. And, you know, it, but everything is, is set up in such a way that when I turn off, say, a, a, a placer layer that has um, a, the still image of the Mac to the Future show, my, you know, my camera is already turned on live and it's behind it. So as the Mac to the Future logo goes away, people see my face. Now that's, you know, whether that's a good thing or not is, is up to the individual, but it does, it, it works really, really well. And I've been very, very impressed with, with how well Mimo live works. All right. Oh, that's so, good to hear. That's good to hear. So Oliver, um, so this remote control, um, yeah. sort of cross talking, is that, I, I'm assuming that's going to end up looking something like Farago then where, where Farago, you have all those big buttons with your, with your sounds on. You have a load of big buttons with various. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm not familiar with Virago. So all right. Um, well, it's, I, it's like Ambrosia Software's soundboard. Yeah, it's it's it looks like yeah exactly. So so it's 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 a grid. Um, yeah, you know, you buttons. can set up like a six six by eight grid of buttons, and then you can assign the buttons. Um, and you know, uh, some buttons can be larger than um, you know one one grid. Um, um, and uh, and contain video and stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, it it really allows you to have a, a you know wireless remote control for your show. So if you yeah. um, if you're in a studio, um, you can you can control the computer that's on the other end. Uh, yeah, it looks a little bit like yeah yeah yeah. You just pasted the uh, screenshot yep. into yeah yeah. yeah. Just... So it's it's like it's like one grid, two grid, red grid, blue grid. Yeah. You know, for the Seuss cast. Yes, exactly. So yeah. So yeah, it allows you to make a, a, a you know a remote control where you can go from right to left and then top to bottom running your show basically. Yeah, fine. Um, and the other the other thing I would point out um, because Oliver has told me this, uh, of course, it's not only for live casts, is it, Oliver? You can use it to you know. No, you can. Yeah, exactly. So you can use it like a, a you know like a TV studio and record your show to be sent out later or yes, yes. A... also also you could use it just um you know we have something built in we have an um we have an uh, uh voice over ip um you know video over ip actually system built in called Nemo call so you can right um, you know and it um it uh it uh, transmits hi-fi quality sound so um unlike you know uh skype or other alternatives um you, you can use it to send music um and um 
uh, and 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 so you can also use it just for recording audio. So you could use it to record the show, um, and um, you know, uh, and you don't have to live stream it, but you can. You can live stream it to multiple streaming destinations at the same time. You can save, um, write the the mix down to a file, so it saves you a lot of post production work. Um, and um, you know, there's there's a bunch of other things that you can do with the video signal, um, playing it out um, to a second screen. Uh, if you if you use Mimo Live, exa for example, in a, you know if you uh, run the projector in an event or something in a conference, um, and um, so so there's lots of options what you can do with the video signal once you've you've created it, and uh, that's that's also the multiple outside of Mimo Live. Mimo Live is the you know acronym for multi in multi out uh, live video engine. So <laughs> the multi out is something that's also very important um, for us, um, to us, um, uh, to provide lots of options for people uh, to play out the video. Excellent. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, boys. Um, we'll take five while John Nemo uh, does his hardware store, and we will refresh ourselves with uh, fresh coffee or whatever, um, and we'll come back in five. Great. Well, what do we have here in Nemo's hardware store? The company is called Witty, W-I-T-T-I, that's W-I-T-T-I, Amazing Little Things. Their website is wittydesign.com, W-I-T-T-I-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. The product is called Candy, C-A-N-D-I, Wireless Charging Station, 10 Watt Fast Charge. Smartphone not included. That's pretty funny. Also not included is the power plug that goes into the wall. You get the USB part of the cable, a nice white USB cable that can go into any iPhone, iPad, any third-party charger that delivers USB power. And then the other end of the cable is surprisingly a USB C port that goes into the back of the candy charger, the 10 watt fast charger. The dimension in millimeters is 115 by 115 by 56. I'm going to pick it up and describe it to you. In inches, it's roughly, say, four inch circle and has a little three eighth of an inch base plate at the bottom and then some feet on the back to position it at the right angle because the angle is just right for setting your phone on it. So when I set it down here next to my microphone, it tilts back, oh, it may be a 15 degree angle. So I literally just set my phone on it. It starts charging, set it and forget it. I have a plug from iClever that I use that has two USB ports on it. So that's what I plugged the witty candy into then I set my phone on it, it charges, and it seems to charge faster than any other charger I have. So I've gone from being, excuse the pun, lukewarm on Qi, or Qi, Q-I, Qi wireless charging, to being very enthusiastic now that I have the witty design candy 10-watt fast wireless charger. So you can use any of the USB plugs that you already have, or you can buy 
another one. You plug in the USB tip into it, set your phone on it. Even if it has a substantial case, it will work just fine. I've got my trusty Catalyst case on the back of my iPhone X or iPhone 10, and it charges up great. Cost in the U.S. is $30, and I'm sure Simon will be able to find international pricing for the Witty Design Candy Wireless Charging Station. I am using it exclusively. I got the pink one. It's adorable, and I give this a strong Nemo's Hardware Store recommendation. I'm going to put one on every shelf here in the hardware store so people can charge up their phones while they are out shopping, and also they can buy them to take away with them. Back next week. Thank you, John, for another excellent hardware store. And I will point out that the Witty Design Candy Wireless Charger is available on Amazon US for $30. However, in the UK, it appears to be on sale at a ludicrous £78. Uh, not, I hasten to add, by witty designs themselves. So if you're in the UK and you'd like one, uh, I suggest you buy it from the US because the shipping uh, and import fees only come to about $12.50. So save your money, buy it from the US. There you go. Uh, and now Guy and Oliver and I, I think, are going to take a look at the stories of the week. So, uh, Guy, have you got one that took your fancy to start with? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. I and mean, we kind of went over it a little bit. Uh, you, you have the uh, Mojave Preview 2 that was just released. And as you know, as I'm looking at Mojave, I, I kind of talked about this with, with somebody, well, actually with uh, Carl Madden yesterday when we recorded the MyMac show. And the one of the things that is really, really making me look forward to Mojave, other than the fact that, you know, they're finally going to have AF or APFS available for drives other than SSDs, you know, like for all those computers that Apple sold with fusion drives, Apple, Apple, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the quick look tools just look amazing. You know, I mean, it, it, it's crazy enough for me that I can highlight any file, hit my space bar and have it come up on the screen. I can't tell you how many times it worked where I have a windows box. I'll highlight a file, hit the space bar and wait for something to happen. It's like, Oh um, crap. That's right. I'm on a windows machine. There is. So there is guy. Um, well, not, not on, not on a closed network. No, no, there's an where, app where you can't, you, is- no, no, I can't install anything. Oh, as I say, there's a free app available from the Windows Store, which will give you quick look style functionality on Windows 10. Right. Well, I'm, they still have us on Windows 7. Oh, well. And, <laughs> and You're out I, can't, <laughs> I can't install anything without, without actually losing my job. Oh, so, well. yeah. Never mind. Oh, well, there you go. It was worth a thought. But there is, but, uh, there is a free app on, for Windows 10 on the Microsoft Store which I have installed in my virtual machine and works rather well. And, Does it uh, work in the exact same way? Yeah, yeah. Just, More or less? Yeah, you just press the space bar and then you have to have the app running, I think, but you just press the space bar and um, up it comes. Okay. Well, the other thing I'm looking forward to is some of the screen capture options. Oh, yes. Uh, the, the one thing that I find with Mojave that, you know, they made such a big deal about at WWDC, and I just kind of sat there and go, really, really, you spent time on this, was the new Finder gallery view. Oh. It's like, Wait a second. Haven't we had this in iTunes since like 2002? Well, so and, and in the Finder since 
you know. Yeah, we've had, yeah. We've had cover flow in the Finder. Now they've, yeah. they've taken out cover flow and replaced it with gallery, which to me is like... Well, what's it looks the exactly the same. Take ten yeah. steps back. <laughs> ten what's steps the difference? Back. I don't I don't get that at all. No, sorry, didn't get yeah. that one. And, so well, and that. the fact that they dedicated so much time to it yeah. was the part that kind of blew my mind. Like, why would you even do that? I didn't, I didn't get what that was about at all. Did you find it out? No, I never did. I never could figure out what the the major difference was. But I mean, but why they would spend so much time on a, a new finder view that that goes back fifteen years? Yeah, you know, it it just kind of it just kind of made me go, hey, hey, what? I don't, no, I don't get it at all. I mean, the cup. I, yeah, I really. There was a lot of there was a lot of stuff that is you know nothing. I, I mean, the 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 pious or what yeah, are they stacks. called? Oh, stacks. stacks. Yeah, stacks. actually, you know what? Um, they were in I. They were in OS eight, uh, which they canceled after Steve came back, and yeah. so and Mac OS eight um, Copland had that. Yeah. So yeah, but the in the nineties. The, <laughs> the thing I'm kind of looking forward to with Stacks is you know like a lot of Mac geeks, you provide support for your entire family. You know, just because oh you have a Mac, I oh you know something about Macs. Well, I've had this little problem and blah blah, and then off you go. And then you but, stop, yeah. Right, and then you get to their machine and you boot it up and you have them sign in, and the first thing you see is that there are ten thousand little files and programs and pictures and and all kinds of stuff all over there's all over their screen, and inwardly I cringe every yeah. time I see that because to me it, you know and. In the past, with slower machines, that would actually affect. Oh, that would bring your machine to a grinding halt. Right, but you know, it's not that big of a deal now because no, of just so how now, fast but... these machines are. But it still bothers me when I see it. But with stacks, a lot of that can just go away. You know, you can have different stacks for practically anything that you might want to throw on your desktop. Oh, and if you're the kind yeah. of person who does that, and I wish you wouldn't, but if you are, I think that's just then going to stacks will take care of it. That's just going to encourage people to be worse. I'm against it. I'm a stick in the Well, I, 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 can't see, I, I can't see how it could get any worse. No. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to, for some people, right, I hardly put anything on my desktop. I come from the System 6 yeah. era, and if you left something on the desktop oh, yeah. and shut the machine down, it disappeared because the desktop only lived in RAM in System right. 6. So if you put stuff right. on the desktop and shut the machine down, it was gone. <laughs> yep, my very first my very first uh, OS was uh, six oh four, I think, on a Mac yep. Plus. Yeah, six oh. I think I might start on six oh one, but anyway, whatever. System six. Uh, yeah. So as a Mac yeah, those were the days. Get off my lawn. Get off my damn lawn. <laughs> but. Uh, those sort of habits die hard, and uh, it was ingrained into me as a Mac user, you know, back in those days, don't yeah, put anything to on do the that. desktop. And so uh, I hate seeing stuff on the desktop. And I can't stand it when you go on a Windows machine and there is just stuff everywhere. <sighs> oh. Because that's what it does almost by default. Yeah. Oh, it wants you to do that. Yeah, it's dreadful. dreadful. Anyway, that's, yeah. So stacks, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be helpful to some people. Not something that bothers me, but uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I think so, uh, the the thing I like most about the Mojave is this uh, gorgeous dark mode um, Dune 
Oh yeah, um, the, the, sand dune oh, thing. The, the you know, I, I just, I, I, this is the first thing I got uh, from the from the developers build is I, I nicked that picture and put it on my desktop on my production machine. Done. So, Deems at night. Yeah, Deems at night. Very, yeah, yeah, it was a nice picture. Yeah, it um, very, it's the best desktop picture they have they ever had. I, you know, it's well, just the, amazing. Um, we've got a story. I've got a story here actually. Um, about dark mode which is uh yeah why are microsoft and apple scrambling to release dark mode versions of apps and services this was a tech tech republic because um i don't know if you've heard but outlook.com uh, uh introducing a dark mode uh now i don't have anything against dark mode per se i'm not a dark mode man personally but that's neither here nor there but uh you know really <laughs> the biggest innovations that um two top software houses can come up with at the moment um dark modes yeah obviously <laughs> <laughs> so, um I, th I think it's it's part of the you know there needs to be a you know something looking different every now and then or people get just you know what's you know what's new uh, if we do a new release of an app um we always have you know i think now, not it. It would, in many cases, not be strictly necessary to uh, make a new user interface or a new icon or a new whatever. But people are like, you know, if they if it looks the same, they don't see yeah, we the, don't see the, the, the work and 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 they don't see. I think it's one of the things that gets people to install the update. Um, it's like the you know the thing will look different. People want change every now and then and. So I think that's that's certainly part of of you know why this is hyped so much as a uh, you know big innovation. On the other hand, if you're um, working with video, um, you know the the dark mode actually has um, uh, or with photos, uh, the dark mode actually has some advantages because it makes the the colors in the video and the uh, and the photos uh, stand out more. That's one of the reasons why we have a dark mode in Mimo Life, why we have a dark mode in Photo Magico is like if it, you know the the your your photos, your content looks better um, uh, if the surrounding UI takes a backseat with you know the um, uh, with being dark. Um, and that's kind of the same thing you have in a in uh, if you do a home um, home uh, movie theater, uh, you will have black um, uh, curtains around the video so that you know the the color pops off um, the screen better. So um, you know um, I think that's that's the two most important. Um, yeah, I mean, as I say, I'm not against dark mode at all. I'm I'm glad that they've introduced it. It's not. Uh, it's not my favorite thing. Uh, I'll be fair. Um, yeah, but you know, you're right. I mean, it, it certainly um, um, there wasn't that much um, in the in the WWDC Mojave keynote that you could really call uh, innovation, right? So that's that's certainly true. Um, uh, yeah, that's why I think the machine learning thing is so, is so cool because yeah. that's really. Uh, that's really going to drive new ways to use apps. And, I, think, um, um, I, I think Guy will probably agree with me, and I'm sure you probably will, Oliver, that, um, that the keynote itself was, well, uh, the keynote itself has become almost a, a consumer show. So um, even though it's well, a worldwide... The yeah, the keynote has become like a almost like a consumer advertising piece. Um, so... Uh, yeah, certainly it's not it's not uh, targeted uh, solely at developers. And no. uh, sometimes you sit there and think, you know, why 
why am I, you know, why is it why is it the keynote for a worldwide developers conference when they when they turn it into one big uh, consumer ad, you know? But yeah, um, yeah that uh, you know, we as as developers, we also live from you know the apps, the the the, the products being cool and people buying the the Macs and the and the iPhones and that gives us the the platforms to run our stuff stuff on and um and also you know the the customers to sell our products to so um uh, <laughs> it's kind of of course i would like to see more innovation but also um if they want to do a consumer show then you know why should i complain right well of course no, I, I i thought that um i then you know a couple of days what later i i watched the state of the union um piece which obviously is much more targeted at developers and that was where i thought the more innovative uh pieces came out i mean that's where they talked a lot about the machine learning and the uh uh series stacks uh, not series stacks series shortcuts um you know the workflow type thing so uh yeah it, it's become if you're looking for the the more in-depth pieces you have to watch the state of the union now rather than just the keynote yeah sure um yeah, but the, you know, the, still the keynote tells you what they think they can sell to consumers. And, oh yeah, uh, very much. And uh, and that's you know also interesting to see because that you know that means you know what what for us it means you know to learn what the 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 target group will be. Um, although uh, you know with the Mac, um, I, I increasingly uh, think the the key. Customer target group is uh, is developers for the Mac because <laughs> for iPhone because uh, you have to have a Mac to do iPhone yeah. development and Apple, you know if if it's if they uh, if they are correct with their you know claim that they have 20 million iPhone developers registered now then that means 20 million of the active used Macs are used by developers actually uh, and. That is a, a sizable junk of the total number that's, of Macs in the that's, market. That's a big. That's a big slice of Macs. Yeah, the active Mac. That's for sure. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, there was one down here. Um, this is uh in in the news. This was Tim Berners Lee. Um, I don't know if you. I get. I you said you'd seen this, Oliver. I don't know. Did you uh, see this guy? Uh, Tim Berners Lee. I was devastated. Says man who created the World Wide Web. Um, and. Uh, some of this is slightly out of date because this was posted um, last Sunday. In fact, it, I think it came into my feed literally after I just finished recording last week's show. Um, but Tim is uh, unhappy, basically, about the way some of the uh, web has gone. Did, did you any of you read it? Well, you know, the, the, it's easy to, I won't say it's easy. Um, when you When you make something that has such... A, a wide reach and when you're talking about the you know the www and some of the uh the standards that were that he helped to create you know you can it's, it's like being a father you can you can take your child and and try to push him in a particular direction but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to grow up to be a brain surgeon he might become a punk rocker instead you know i mean he, you have no idea where he's going to go so, you know, to say that he's he's unhappy or that he's going to try to save it, you know, well, sorry, the cat's out of the bag. So un unless you're going to come up with some kind of, of new standard for uh, inner 
connectivity between various computers, you know, there, there's really nothing that you can do about the way the internet is now, rather than, you know, un unless you're going to so, so heavily regulate it. And to me, I think that's as, as much of a mistake as, as some of the things that, that we're seeing now that it's being used for that you may as well not even bother. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, basically, uh, unsurprisingly, because of how and why him uh, invented the World Wide Web, he's uh, upset about the way big corporations have effectively, um, in some ways, weaponized it against the very people he, he designed it for. So um, it's a good read. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, what was he saying here? He's working on something uh, called Solid, I believe, uh, which he hoping is going to somehow um reclaim the web from corporations that doesn't say much about it in the article i have to admit but uh, well the corporations are the ones that have the servers they're the ones that provide the bandwidth and without those two things you're looking at basically just talking to somebody else on your own network well so you know i, I don't really know unless unless you have some way to wirelessly and literally wirelessly beam uh information from one part of the world to another part of the world without using any existing networks then you know you're you're kind of wasting your time i don't really see how you're going to be able to do anything well there we go uh it, it's a good route it's a good uh as i say it's a good read um his idea apparently is to re-decentralize the web. Working with a small team of developers, he spends most of his time on Solid, a platform designed to give individuals rather than corporations control of their own data. Um, and well, see, that's not the same that, thing. That sounds that sounds an awful lot like the uh, microblogging um, uh, yeah. movement. Uh, what's yeah. the thing called that uh, Gene McDonald is promoting all the time? Um, the App Camp. And uh, no, no, the uh, the 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 microblog. Uh, platform. Well, there's micro blog, micro dot blog. Oh yeah, then it's called micro dot blog. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That 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 sounds uh, that sounds a little bit like what the idea is that um you know you create a more atomic network of information uh, that is put out by you know just um, you know uh, individuals instead of um, you know just big. Uh, news corporations um and yep. uh well i'm i, I mean yeah. um andy andy yen of of wire dr andy yen um he published a piece which we talked about last week uh where he said you know there there's a lot of he believes and i i hope he's right that the next big wave could well be in um startups providing much more secure services um you know that there's there's plenty of money to be made in encouraging people to use more secure services and being more aware of uh, you know, the deals that they make with people like uh, Google and Facebook about how much data they share. It's uh, an interesting, you know, uh, an interesting time really. The, the web is changing. It is. And the the thing is, how do you how do you have an open standard that is going to be closed enough to protect its users. It, it's, it's a misnomer. It doesn't, it, you can't do it. Um, and then throwing in, throwing in, you know, that how much money is involved in, in getting 
something, getting a file or a picture or your voice or video from point A to point B, it's not, it's not insignificant. And, you know, I can't see how you can decentralize that without destroying the very thing that, that makes it possible. Well, no, um, I don't know. I, th- I think it's a story that something that fascinates me. That's the truth of it. I, I'm fascinated by the, um, the dichotomy of the web right, the at idea. the moment. That, that, you know, it started out as one thing. You know, those of us who started out on the web sort of fairly early on have watched it change um, completely. And I, I think well, I, I, I think I would say I could understand why somebody like Tim Berners-Lee would be, let's say, disappointed upset. or upset in, in how it's gone because he didn't create it for huge corporations to basically take control of a large percentage of it. I think that's, um, you know, his original dream was that it was to bring, um, you know, the power to publish to everybody. Well, the idea, but the, the problem is the idea of desktop publishing kind of went away when when physical publishing was I don't mean physically publishing. I mean, he, he, you know, he made it so that it didn't matter if you were, you know, well, like us guy you know you didn't have to a little guy BBC, or a big guy you know you don't have to be the bbc or you don't have to be cnn in order to put out um a video news show that's you, true and that but it, that's, in that's that side true. that has succeeded um but in other ways it's become dominated by people like facebook and google and i i can see from his point of view that might be somewhat disappointing right so, well, and, and prior to that aol you know yeah. i mean <laughs> The, the problem is that these are complex systems and for the most part, the people that want to use these systems aren't complex and they don't understand the technology. It's, it's the old, you know, I want light. So give me a switch so that I can turn on a light bulb. And if it's more complicated than that, then I'll sit in the dark. So, <laughs> well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I that's get, you know, know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So if you, if you come out with a, a new system that, I mean, it, Facebook has been all over the news as far as, and, and Google and, and Amazon and so many companies all over the news over what they do with your data that they are constantly collecting. And instead of people being horrified by it, they're like, oh, but, but yeah, but, but this, you know, this A product here from Amazon uh, all I have to do is say I need more diapers and it sends me more diapers. It's yeah. like, well, you're not thinking about the other side of that, which is it's always listening to what it is that you say. <laughs> actually, and we, it's and it's always capturing this data. I mean, that leads actually leads on quite nicely as we go. Uh, there's a couple here I've put in security. Um, some third-party email apps like Edison and a whole load of others apparently let employees read user emails. Now, this was more of a you don't say than... Um, than a, than a, oh my God. Uh, I mean, we all know that Google really say um, that by using their, you know, their Gmail service, they scan your email in order. Of course. To, however, the, the, what's become out of every, is, every single service that Google has, yeah. you know, anything you put into it, they're going to look for some way to monetize it. However, the, the, what's become a little bit uh, scandalous about this is Google itself no longer scans the inbox of Gmail users because it gave up on it, um, partly because I think it was bad PR, and partly, I suspect, because there's so much noise in Gmail that they can't get any useful data out of it. Um, however, um, 
what it's turned out that they're allowing third third parties if you have these plugins i'm not going to say uh any particular ones are uh that i can name but i mean they name one here edison but there are others on there there's spark and airmail and, and things like that i'm not going to accuse any of them of doing this but it says that some of these are letting people not machines people read through uh users emails for uh in theory the purposes of building you know apps but um don't think people are very happy about that i certainly would not be very happy about finding that some a human being is reading my emails now considering the billions of emails that are transmitted probably by the second the chances of your individual email being read by a person are tiny but it's um well i mean it's still it's still being filtered it's being filtered through you know looking for certain keywords and if you have some of those i mean this is the same thing that governments do with right. email, they a lot of the governments have access to all of your email as well. So they're they have certain keywords that they look for, and if your email hits those certain little targets, then it gets flagged and it goes up the chain to somebody else to maybe take some kind of action on it. Yeah. This yeah. isn't you know this isn't un- I'm not saying that that it makes me happy because it doesn't, but I you know. All of these services, you know, the the thing is, the the problem is for most people, they look at these services and they go, oh, but it's completely free. It's not costing me anything. Well, yeah, they're not taking money out of your wallet other than to sell your data to someone who in turn will show you something, hopefully to get you to put your hand on your wallet, take it out and, and give them some money or, or just for the information in in general this this is what free data services do this is why when when the whole facebook scandal broke and people were all aghast at at you know how much information facebook was collecting on you it's like really really you're surprised by this that a service that (laughs) that covers that covers practically one quarter of the entire population of the planet is using information that it gathers from that one quarter population of the planet to sell to other people when the service itself is free and you're surprised by this again the the problem i think the biggest part of the problem with that was the fact that um cambridge analytica and various other people involved in that had hoovered up information from people uh, who had not their permission because facebook doesn't care i know google Google doesn't care. None of these (laughs) Instagram, Snapchat, name, name the free social service that you want. Twitter, none of them care. They, they will make noises along the lines of, Oh, you know, your user data is so important and blah, 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 blah. But it's how you make your money. It's all, it's (laughs) all, um, it's all PR bullshit. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) Let me just uh, jump in quickly uh, with regards to Facebook, uh, because something, um, um, you know, something changed in their uh, in their perception of this. And uh, I like, you know, I, I, I uh, so um, when they uh, faced the uh, um, right about the time when uh, um, Mark Zuckerberg was, um, you know, cited. Uh, before the uh, congressional thingy, uh, I don't know what yeah. it's called exactly. Sorry, I don't um, mean to laugh, but go they, ahead. They, um, they, um, they, re- they shut down basically most of the APIs that would allow um, you know developers to access user data um, uh, beyond the user who is using your app. 
Um, and that is some, one of the things that um, are very, you know, they they had this um, this. I don't know if they if they weren't aware of the implications or if um, they thought that um, you know uh, the users uh, would be aware enough and uh, would make a, uh, an educated choice. So if you um, if you shared something or if if basically if you uh, signed up for one of those um, um, one of those uh, quiz apps, um, yeah, or Farmville the, or. What have yeah, yeah, or, or the games or whatever. Um, it gave you the option to share your your stuff with your friends, and if you do that, or if you did that, um, those apps would get access to your friends' data without their consent. So, yep. um, so one and and they closed down that whole thing. So, um, Pretty right well. now, uh, no, well, it. I don't think it's gonna come back. It's um, because they. I think they they realized that although. They thought their user would be educated enough to make a choice here. It really turned out that it didn't. So, which is um, why I said for now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think I think they won't uh, they won't bring it back. Span of um, most people is so limited. As, yeah, yeah. As but long, um, as long as they're not having to pay for it, they're going to keep. Um, you know, they they'll work it back around again. Yeah, they're making changes to the API, um, quite substantial changes to the API, and you see other um, social media people do the same, uh, like Twitter, um, where they they try to um, limit strictly limit the access for third party developers to data to personal data of the users. So. Um, of course, they will continue to use that the data they have themselves for you know selling ads and stuff. But um, they they will cut off um, or limit the the access for third party um, developers to that to that data. And uh, the the API changes are uh, quite substantial in that regard. So well, that's that, good, you know. well, I hope I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong. But unfortunately, I don't think I am. Uh, well, unfortunately, on the on your side of the argument, Guy, the next story is Facebook patent application for listening tech uh, from MSN. Um, effectively, uh, Facebook have applied for a patent to um, basically listen to you via um, your TV or your, um, you know, your smartphone or whatever else, um, which is... Uh, well, you know, having a patent uh, for something is not doesn't not the mean same that as, no, I know it's not the same as doing it, it um, <laughs> as it says but, here. Yeah. Facebook have continually denied that they are recording your audio to target ads. It's common practice to file a patent to prevent aggression from other companies. Uh, because of this, patents tend to focus on future-looking technology. Um, it's normal to be skeptical of Facebook's intentions, especially after the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Um, there are a lot of reasons a company will apply for a patent and it doesn't necessarily correspond to the sort of technologies we're working on. Um, competitor, uh, people can get a patent specifically for the purpose of going after a competitor or from preventing other companies from infringing said patent. So, you know, uh, Facebook are saying if they get a patent on it, they can stop anybody else doing it. I'm not saying that I agree, you know, I believe that. No, 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 no. <laughs> There we go. As we <laughs> but, say. You know, as, you know, it's the same um, if you look at Siri and uh, the oh, Google yeah. and Amazon stuff. Um, um, so Apple claims that um, they take care that the uh, Siri is, is listening. Siri listening is really 
just um, local, so yep. they don't. So they they claim that they don't try not to send any data to any servers, um, and and I think you know just having a patent a, a patent for you know listening is not meaning that no 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 that not, you're um... going down the other way you know so <laughs> you I'm know. not saying it but it doesn't you know uh, unfortunately mm. with Facebook's history that doesn't it doesn't yes, really look good maybe right. maybe now yeah. is not the time <laughs> to be. <laughs> no. but, Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, yes, maybe not. Now is not the time to face to, uh, to, to put mu you know, too much a, faith in them. Yeah. <laughs> from a PR perspective, maybe that wasn't a great time to file a, file a patent on listening to people. But um, there we go. Uh, right. Uh, what else have we got here? Oh, um, Twitter is suspending millions of bots uh, and fake accounts every day to fight disinformation, according to the Washington Post. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Twitter claimed to have uh, disabled 70 million fake slash bot accounts in the last two months, which um, I don't know. how do we, we have to take their word for that, I suppose. How do we know? But um, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, because it is so difficult to create more Twitter accounts. That's, well, you know, that's yeah. that. That's true, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I mean, I, well, they, I think, something. I think the, uh, I think the, the Twitter is a, you know, I don't know what, what the right word for that is, but it's a, a, a steaming pile of, you know, <laughs> what right now. So, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's, you know, <laughs> I think that um, it's it's definitely the right thing thing to do, but I I, I read a lot about false positives, and you know because they they cannot possibly have people there sitting there and no, how can you get the thing? So there's a machine, there's a machine algorithm that decides uh, if a, a an account is suspended or not, and I think they get it wrong a whole lot of times. And I'm not sure if that is, you know, if 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 that is the right strategy, um, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose. Um, well, I suppose at least they're trying to do something, you know, even if it's only. Well, it's that. better. It's better than nothing. It's I better guess. than doing nothing, isn't it? It's as simple as yeah. that. I guess. Um, what can you say? Uh, how how do you? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about that because, as I said, I mean, if the, if 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 the algorithms are not good enough, um, yeah, then, you know, they, they, they defeat the purpose, right? So yeah. I see a lot of people uh, posting that they, uh, that Twitter um, uh, suspended their, um, uh, their accounts uh, for, um, you know, cheering the, uh, the rescue of the, uh, of the, of the football team in the, in the, in that, uh, in that, um, Indonesia, um, was it? Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, or Thailand or whatever. I think it's Thailand, but anyway, uh, some, somewhere in, in Asia, um, you know, and, and, you know, getting flagged for hate speech for that. And, <laughs> nobody really understands really? how oh, yeah. how the algorithm could possibly take that tweet you know yeah and and think that speed and so facebook flagged the in, uh, declaration of independence i believe as hate yeah yeah <laughs> oh it's definitely that's definitely that's, subversive that is yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, so there we go yeah just proof that algorithms are stupid or can be stupid. Uh, the, of course, the trouble is algorithms can't tell the difference between um, sarcasm and you know they they can't get any tone. If you oh really, he yeah, said sarcastically. You know, come 
if, if you posted <laughs> in, if you replied to somebody you know jokingly i don't know i'm i'm gonna come and i will kill you for that if that could be in in a conversation read by humans that could be taken to be quite obviously not a serious threat to kill somebody but an algorithm's just going to read the words i will kill you for that it can't do otherwise can it it's um so you know there we go but i i guess as i say i'm I'm not sure about it but i i just thought at least they're doing something and something is better than nothing because i guess if you're a real person and you get suspended you can say to them at least why have you suspended me hey you suspended me yeah why have you suspended me anyway there we go um yeah but then then again if you do i mean if if you get suspended it's obviously or it's apparently uh very very hard to get to talk to someone and figure it out you know so and and the same thing for facebook if they if, they if, if they the algorithm uh, decides to to suspend your account it's damn hard to 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 get, get to back. talk to someone and and get, get and, reinstated. and get, uh, get reinstated and i think that's i think that is probably the bigger problem for those platforms is that they are um you know Due to the huge number of users, they they depend on this automated um, system, on these automated systems. And if the systems get it wrong, then you know, as a user, you are in in the deep end, you know, and and there's no way to recover easily. So um, I think you know that it's I'm not I'm not cheering it um, uh, unconditionally. No, uh, even no. if if you're right, I mean, they if they do if, you know anything they do. Um, to fight um, uh, to fight misinformation and and hate uh, is good, but um, it's not all gold. That's that's what I'm saying. No, no, I I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you there, Oliver. But of course, I guess they're in a cleft stick. Damned if they do, and damned if they don't. Um, you know what I mean? If if they do nothing, they're going to get accused yeah, sure, of doing sure. nothing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. if they do something, they're going to get slammed for the false positives, aren't they? Um, there we go. Uh, Right, well, we've we've been going quite a long time, so I think we'll just pick a couple more um, short things, shall we? And then we'll wind it up. Um, I laughed at this one. Uh, the Colorware releases custom-painted AirPods with classic Macintosh design. Um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Colorware company. They will colour your uh, your AirPods for you. Um, or anything. Oh, well, yeah, probably. Um, but they will particularly, they've always had, been advertising that they will colour your uh, AirPods. Um, and it's not cheap. I think it's normally about as much money as the AirPods themselves to have them coloured. <laughs> Strikes me as uh, for those who've got nothing better to do with their lives. But um, <clears throat> they've released a custom uh, painted set, which uh, if you follow the link, <laughs> uh, they've, they've painted a sort of uh, snow white uh, effect design language effect onto the thing so beige <laughs> <laughs> yeah they've beige it and um they've put faux snow white lines on it and uh, a colored a colored logo and um <laughs> but it's four hundred dollars so wow um, yeah really do you really want your airpod box to look like a, a 2cx that badly uh, i don't think i do sorry <laughs> it seems there's a market for it because uh, there were people who buy who bought the uh, you know the gold Apple Watch. Yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. you know, and and you can't even run the latest the the next operating generation system. of the operating system on it. So nope. it's You're, it's, it's basically just worth its weight in gold now. Well, I mean, it still works. I mean, I've got a Series Zero, and I <laughs> I shall be stuck on Mac OS four, but um, I shall probably get another one. But um, 
Yeah. But then again, I, some people were pointing that out, and I said, do you really think people who had $10,000 to throw at a gold watch cared yeah, that much? Care. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you can throw ten grand at a watch, yeah, yeah, like that's that, exactly. Probably, I mean, that's why it change. And yeah, so, I'm sure there are people who will buy these. But <laughs> so, do they? Um, if I look at the picture, is it actually just the box they're painting? Uh, well, no. The, I think well, the the AirPods have been coloured the, the same beige rather than the oh, okay. yeah. bright white. Uh, it looks like because oh, if, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. if you look on yeah, the inside yeah. there, you can see the the true white of the box. Yeah. Or I believe it's actually referred to by Johnny as moon grey because it's not real white. <laughs> space grey. <laughs> no, not yeah. space grey, moon grey. Moon grey. Yeah, okay. the, uh, your wired AirPods are not white, they're moon grey, apparently. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> they're not quite white. There we go. Yeah. So I found that amusing. I'm sure there are people who will buy them, and they look really nice. I mean, it looks nice. It may, you know, if, you, if you're if you um old enough to have used the kind of Snow White language Mac, which, you know, I had a 2CX and an FX, uh, you know, it, it's nice, but I wouldn't pay $400 for it. But then... No, not at all. No. But there we go. There, there we go. That's just one. Um, The other one I had here. Um, Right. Uh, Worth, worth a sort of... Worth a laugh. Uh, Gavin Williamson, who's an MP uh, in Britain, was interrupted by Siri from his own phone while he was making a comment oh. statement, which was highly hilarious. Um, he was give the, they were talking about Syria, uh, the country. Did, 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 did she say you're talking crap? <laughs> <laughs> no, it said, here's what I found on the web about Syria. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and course, yeah, he claims he he never takes it into when they do like classified briefings. Yeah, well, uh, here in here in the UK, uh, Siri has a male voice, but uh, there we go. Uh, it was interrupted, and uh, so that was that went all over the news. So that was quite funny. Um, and apparently, Apple users who uh, play Fortnite are uh, um, immune to the current hack malware. I'm not going to bother to say any more about that. Um, there we are. Uh, I think we've pretty much done it. Oh, Microsoft's foldable Andromeda pocket device may never surface. After last week's hoo-ha about that, and uh, I admit uh, we were talking about it here on this show. Um, subsequent to the show, uh, Digital Trends uh, published a piece saying that uh, it's probably been killed anyway. <laughs> and we'll know the, the, the leak, um, I found their take quite interesting, that the leak may well have been by somebody working on the project, desperately trying to raise attention for it to stop it getting axed. But there we go. <laughs> Whatever. So all the talk about a foldable uh, Surface device uh, is probably for naught. There we are. Um, well, boys, I, I think uh, I will just do the worth of chirps, and then we'll wind up, if that's all right with you. Already? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, Mac Jim has uh, discovered a new free weather app uh, called yr.no uh, and that's free in the app store and it looks very nice if you're into that sort of thing personally i use one called um weather bug which uh gives me the weather report from the the nearest uh, raf um station so i'm happy with that but i have to say yeah this... i just i just i just stick my head out the window and look up yeah that that's also nice however this you know i looked at the page it, it looks quite nice and uh mac jim says he's going to give it a go uh oh this one i CNBC, um, I'm not going to really go into this, but they've got a link to, there's a video uh, inside the world's largest collection of rare Apple prototypes. Um, and there's a little video there. So the link's in the show notes if anybody wants to watch that. That's quite uh, fascinating if you're into that sort of thing. Um, and I still have 
uh, I still have some codes for Donny Yankelo's uh, sticker packs. So if anybody wants them, email email the show, and I will send you some uh, codes for Donny's sticker pack. Here we go. And they look quite nice too, by the way. Oh yeah, there's rock picks. There's uh, eleven kickers football stickers, and there's doodled notes, which are some of uh, Donny's sort of uh, brush style doodlings, and they're all very pleasant, very nice. Uh, so if anybody wants to set a set, they can just uh, email me and I'll give you a code. Oh, and the last one was somebody pointed out to me, uh, don't forget you can use your wired earpod uh, volume clicker as a camera remote shutter button for your iPhone. <laughs> there you go. I'd forgotten that, actually. I had forgotten that. But uh, yes, if you still have wired earpods, of course. <laughs> there we go. Well, I think that's about a show, really. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll wind it up. Uh Guy, do you want to promote all your various doings? Yeah, you got about a half hour for me to go through them all? Yeah, of course we have. Go on. I'll let you <laughs> edit. I can edit it down, you know. I'll just cut okay. you out. <laughs> well, you can, you can reach me via email. My email address is guy at mymac.com, probably. Uh, you can also find me on the Twitters. I am Mac Parrot over what? there. What? I've got uh, three different shows that i'm currently doing i do of course the the mymac.com podcast each week with uh, mr gazmaz just recorded one yesterday with uh, carl madden from the mac and force show uh, i also do uh, a, a live cast on facebook every wednesday night uh just called mac to the future so if you look me up or you look up mac to the future you'll see that there i also simulcast that over to the Mac to the Future Facebook group, which is, if you're a Mac user, it's a great group to join. And the last thing that I started doing, and it's very, very odd, uh, I take an iPod Touch, mount it in my car, and then spend about 10, 15 minutes rambling into it. It's called Guy's Daily Drive. And I just recently started converting those to MP3s, so it's also available in iTunes as audio. Very good. Well, thank you very much. And Oliver, uh, do you want to... Uh promote yourself yeah I'd, I'd much rather promote the company if, well, that's, if that's all right <laughs> of course that <laughs> so, is yeah, why you're on really yeah everything about uh, boings is on boings.com b-o-i-n-x.com uh, we have a forum if you want to get in touch with us uh uh, uh the forum is uh, a good place to start uh and all the information about our great products are on our website uh free downloads for trial purposes uh and uh also you find a lot of our stuff on the app stores and uh yeah that's that's kind of like it yep and uh of course you, you have uh at boinks software on the twitter as well yeah uh yeah exactly uh at boinks software and we're also on facebook uh if you want to get in touch there uh facebook.com slash boinks software and uh yeah oh. but that's kind of excellent Right, well, I am on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, the show is at Essential Apple. Uh, the website is uh, EssentialApple.com. Uh, I sometimes remember to put things on Google+, Plus, but I have to admit, not very often <laughs> these days. And yeah, uh, there is a yeah, Facebook. Kind of a, that's kind of a desert these yeah, days. I'm afraid that's becoming, uh, I might even cut that because it's just worthless now. Um and allegedly we have a Facebook page, but I don't do Facebook. So in theory, Mark's in charge of that. So I've absolutely no idea what sort of state that's in. That's probably a desert as well. But uh, yeah. 
I can't tell. Someone will have to say. And of course, we have the Slack room. Uh, and now you can either email us for an invitation or you can follow the link because now you no longer have to ask directly for an invitation. Right. You, don't, don't forget about your AOL and CompuServe links. Oh, no. Oh, damn. <laughs> I think they shut down. You were. You were. That's even better. I wish I had thought of that. Yeah. MySpace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was the other one? Um, I can't remember. Oh, dear. There we go. Um, well, thank you both for coming on the show. It's It's been a blast. And uh, we'll wrap it up now, shall we? So goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. This has been the Essential Apple Podcast. And uh, I'd just like to say that uh, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, go over to EssentialApple.com and you can take a look at the Patreon or the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can either make a single donation or you can make uh, a regular subscription. And all the money that you donate will go towards paying for the things like hosting and better microphones and such like. And of course, a very special thank you to those of you who already do support the show. We really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. We are part of the MyMac Podcasting Network, where you can find such shows as Tech Fan with Tim and Dave, MyMac with Guy and Gaz, The Three Geeky Ladies, The Geekiest Show Ever, uh, The Excellent Bart Bouchots with his Let's Talk, The Club Nintendo, um, and probably some that I forgot. So why not head over to MyMac.com, download a show, and take a listen. Hello and good evening. This is Gads for the MyMac podcast. And we know you have your pick of high-quality downloadable audio content, and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, Ode Bean. This is Guy, and we're here to say that the MyMac podcast is the right choice to make. Intelligent, cultured, and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact... We restrict our delightful missives to only those best suited... Sky, I can't go on with this. Who are we kidding? The MyMac podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows there is. Gaz, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously, you'd think they were the ones making the product? then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast. At least three good chuckles per segment. If my math is right, that's about ten laughs per show. Right. Because three times three is ten. Sometimes I really wonder about you, Guy. No need to wonder where to find the podcast. Just go to iTunes and search for MyMac. Subscribe and jump into the fun. You know, we're part of the Stoplight Network, and there are a lot of important people there. Well, we did say we hardly know anyone important. Though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the Waz, and I could have sworn we made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach cramps. That would explain why he was doubled over at the time. The MyMac.com podcast. Enjoy it over a copper.
we're made. We're made. We've got we're made. Goal. Yes, yes. <laughs> made the big time. Yeah. Got the Mac. Oh, here he comes. There he is. Hey, Hi. sorry about that. Hey, Oliver. Hi, how are you? Oh, doing fine. Doing fine. It's Still good. learning stuff about uh, Mimo. Mimola. Yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah, I said. I said. I just said. I said to uh, Simon. Simon. Yeah, Simon. I just said to Simon that uh, now. Now that you are using it, uh, we are. We are. We are. We are set. We are. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, something that I didn't even kind of realize, and it kind of shows to the power of the software itself, is for. for I mean, it's the little things. Things like. Um, uh, Oh damn it! I would need I, I need to bring it up so I can say the words right. Otherwise, I I will sound stupid. <laughs> all right, boys. Uh, well, uh. let's say let's save it. We'll talk about it in the show. Oh, all right. <laughs> we'll talk about yeah. it in the show. That's, right. That's, yeah, so I can sound stupid on the show. I'm doing tech support live on the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guy. Why break the habit of a lifetime? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I still haven't had a chance to try Mimo Call. Now, I okay. know. That, now, does that integrate with, uh, let me find it, with split screen rather yeah, than so, so the way that you have to do, you have to do it with Skype where you have to capture yeah. a window first? Exactly. So it basically makes it like another like another video camera. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So the video camera is just on the other end of the world, uh, connected to a different computer, um, and and um, it it also provides the um, um, the caller with a mix minus, so they don't hear themselves. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So, well, how how is it with system resources as compared to something like Wire or Skype or Discord? Because those programs can be pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, well, uh, to be honest, they uh, Mimo Mimo call can also be pretty brutal. Um, but uh, we've, <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've done five or six calls at the same time uh, with the MacBook Pro, and the bigger issue probably is the uh, is the is the network bandwidth, bandwidth. right? Yeah. Uh, so it's good. using WebRTC. It's using the same thing under the hood um, that um, you know uh, other systems are using. Um, but we've tweaked it for. Uh, for the audio quality, so um, so it's uh, it's great for you know doing podcasts and people sound good. That's the that's the important thing. So uh, you're gonna be at the uh, at the Mac stock thing? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. I'm I'm gonna be there as well, but just just uh, just the Saturday. But uh, I'm I'm gonna. So are you guys sponsoring it, or are you, are you just no, gonna I'm just, uh, check it out? So the 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 I, I have a I have a trip coming up to the United States. I'm I'm leaving on Tuesday. Um. So and and I wasn't I wasn't doing a good job at planning. So <laughs> <laughs> so I booked the uh, return flight for Sunday. Um. From Dallas. So. Um, wow. So you have to go from Chicago to Dallas by Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna fly to Chicago on Friday afternoon, so I'm gonna be there for the uh, evening festivities, and then all Saturday and uh, Saturday night I want to go oh, back. Oh yeah, airport. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I don't okay. have to do it on Sunday morning, so I go um, I go Saturday night. I go back to the airports. Um, um, sleep and at just the spend airport, the night in that area. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting all all of you there. So. It's a great so, event. Have you have you haven't been there before? No, 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 no. 
I haven't been. I'm looking so much forward to to that. Um, yeah, and everyone is like with my <laughs> even even with my poor planning. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my portable setup there. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, my I can portable setup will have four microphones. Ah, okay. So I can I can show you a couple of tricks with Mimo Life then. Oh yeah, I'm, no problem. I'm using it. I'm using it on my on my uh, my iMac. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to install that on on the laptop, uh, and you know we can go over some of that stuff there. Yep. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.